Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of One Mike Night Podcast, a podcast that brings you stories of artists and people on their journey, helping to guide, answer questions, and motivate you in the business. My name is Marcos Luis, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Please stop what you're doing right now. Drop down, click that button, click the bell, because you don't want to miss any episodes. We're dropping episodes every Wednesday, but we might find a couple of episodes in between, so you don't want to miss those. You can find us at One Mike Night. One Mike Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Today, I am very excited. You have no idea. <laughs> I am so happy because this is my first two-person interview and talk. And I have two dynamic, powerful women here for you to meet. So my first guest is, her name is Wendy Angulo. Make sure I say that right, right? <laughs> she is a mom. She's a Latina as fuck. She's a lawyer, a writer, a project manager, a visionary, a trailblazer. My second guest who goes along with her is Mariela Regalado. She's a storyteller. She's Dominican. She's a career educator and she's a consultant. And they're both here to blow up one mic night for me. <laughs> Welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Yeah. Thank you both for coming. Listen, I have questions. <laughs> all right. We have answers. <laughs> That's right. First of all, we're going to do this one by one. Who is Wendy Angulo? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah. as you mentioned before, I'm, I'm a mother first. I'm a New York City born Latina, raised in Caracas, Venezuela. Mm. I'm an attorney. I'm a curator, producer, uh, arts advocate, mm -hmm. uh, born and and a resident of Queens in New York, and um, I'm a lover of words. I'm a mm -hmm. writer, and like I'm an artist. Uh, I'm an artist first. You're, and you're every woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Mariela? Mariela, let's see. Um, yeah. Well, like Wendy, I'm a mom first. Um, and it's an interesting phase because I actually gave birth to my daughter during the pandemic. Wow. So my daughter is like a pandemic baby. She pandemic born, baby. Yeah, she was born April 28, 2020. Um, but before I was her mom, um, I was also and still am like storyteller, cuenta cuentos, like performer, poetry. Um, and then my professional passion is working with students. So uh, college uh, and career access. And then um, I was kind of like, I always say I was a little bit ahead of the trend because I started working virtual in 2019. Um, and then I've been doing that ever since. So. I like that. Always merging both passions, I think, is is who I am. And then now I'm a mom. <laughs> wow. Yeah. An added bonus. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I want to take it back a little bit. And you can answer, you know, how, whoever wants to answer first, you can. But 
what was what was growing up like for you? I mean, I guess we can start with Wendy. What was growing up like for you? Ooh, well, you know, I had to, I was born in New York, then I went back to Venezuela uh, with my mother. And, you know, growing up, both my parents were very artistic in their own way. And they always inflicted me that part of being a human was being connected with art. So from a very early age, I've been writing. I remember um, one of my early Christmas gifts was a journal by my mom. So I used to journal from since I was seven years old. And then with my dad, because my my dad, I will spend all my summers here in New York. So with my dad, I learned to be so um, in love with art as a performer. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he would take me to plays and then the museums. So, you know, I've been in the Met since I was... uh, five, seven, six, seven years old. I've been around the Met, Central Park was like my playground uh, in the days. Um, you know, I remember seeing Cats and the Phantom of the Opera, um, you know, from a very, very early age, knowing what Broadway is and then interacting and, and being and relating to art. So for me, not having art, I, I wouldn't know how to be a human with not, by not having art. Right. And then I started, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then my, my mom was, at a, was an avid reader. So she had a book club and I remember reading stories. And then my dad was very into music. So I know from a early, from a, an, an early age, I know about Janis Joplin and Michael Jackson and Janet yeah and the Jackson's Five and all the all those things and Madonna was big yeah 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 and he was I remember growing up he get one of the his gift was uh the Michael Jackson jacket and my first LP was Thriller wow (laughs) the old Michael Jackson has on like that's crazy yeah that is crazy was very into acting and singing and she still does that like on her um as a hobby so growing up I was always the producer so I would put together the show and my cousins and my sister will be like the actresses and you know they will dance menudo because growing up <laughs> yeah I yeah thing. but I was always the producer I was the host and they will come and do, you know, like the Sábado Gigante. Right, right, yeah. The variety show. The variety yeah. show, yep. So that was me growing up. I love that. I love that. So you were kind of cultivated. You were in it from, yeah. from an early age. It's all the way through. So, yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Mariela? Um, so I actually started my childhood in the Dominican Republic. And I came to Brooklyn uh, when I was about four or five years old. Um but the thing for me growing up, for some reason or another, um, I always gravitated towards like reading books and the library and things like that. And I was also a really good student. So I remember um, like in junior high school and like in middle school, when I would finish with my work, I would tell my teacher, like, can I go to the library? And like, they would let me go because they'd be like, oh yeah, sure. And I feel like as an adult and like as an educator, if a, if a student were to ask me that, I feel like I would be like, yeah, go. <laughs> you know? 
So I grew up where school was my sanctuary, where, you know, my brothers, my brother and sister and I, um, whatever after school program they had, like after school weekends, like during the break, during the summer, whatever program they had, it was like, sign us up. <laughs> we'll be there. And so that gave us the opportunity to do a little bit of everything. Um, but I gravitated towards like being in the library, reading. When I was in the third grade, I won a storytelling contest that they did in elementary school. It was like, um, I read a book called The Town Mouse and The Country Mouse. And I'll never forget it. I actually bought the book for my daughter. It was um, a picture book. And so in the storytelling contest, you had to memorize it and you know recite it. Recited, and I yeah. loved it, yeah. And then when I got into like middle school and junior high school, I started like acting. Like I remember in the fifth grade, it was like the Polar Express. And it was like a big deal because I had like speaking lines. Mind you, it was like three lines. Uh, <laughs> and then like later on, we put on another play. And that was really when the advocate side came out because I remember um, I was going to play like a waitress. And one of the props that I had to make for myself was like an apron. And I remember my mom was like, really? Like, esa la parte que tu vas a jugar? And I was like, yeah, because I'm over here excited because I'm like, I got to I got to act. I get to do all this. And my mom was kind of like, they didn't have another part to give you. Right. And so it was interesting because um, I feel kind of like what Wendy mentioned, where like arts is is a part of like the fiber of, of your being. But it's also connected to like many of the advocacy things that we do. Absolutely. And so as an adult, you start thinking about those things yeah. and you're like, wow, that makes sense. Why I started then digging into that. Um, so I always had that. My I remember my dad um, had that VHS camcorder, the one that like opens the yes. little, you know. So he was always at like the winter recitals with the with the little camcorder. So I did grow up um, with parents that supported that, um, and I and I was lucky that my siblings and I had that to like fall on, right? Because it was also like they were working, and so we loved school. So it kind of like worked out. And then I loved school so much that after I, you know, went to college, <laughs> I decided to become a, a, a college and career counselor. Right. Um, so that's been like my childhood so far. And of course, like I've had some trajectory where, you know, I grew up in the Marcy projects in Brooklyn. And so navigating when people say like, oh, well, you don't look like you're from the projects. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what am I supposed to look like? Right. You know, so <clears throat> just navigating what that meant. Like I also grew up in Williamsburg in 94, where it was like gentrification was like bursting. Like that was like the, the tip of the iceberg, right? Um, right? So compare like 1994 Williamsburg to what it is now, you know, and then you're a kid and you watch that entire transformation. And now right. as an adult, you don't even recognize it anymore. Yeah. Right? How do you get, how did you get the courage to continue on? I mean, you know, if you, if you start out on the projects, you know, mm -hmm. we come from humble beginnings, some of us, most of us. How do we get the courage to, to go on and say, yeah, I want to do arts? Or, I don't think or, we had a choice. <laughs> right. Or, or even know that there's another world out there. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Wendy, you said you grew up in New York. You That's the best place to grow up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you see the world from here. Everyone wants to be in New York. You have yeah. access to Broadway. You have access to all these people, you know, uh, you know, by diversity. Yeah. All the different people here. But oh, some yeah. people coming from, you know, the small places or small places like uh, DR. In DR, you know, you don't, you don't know. How did you, how do you? I think it's also having, like Mariela said, that support system from your parents where, remember, 
when we are uh, children of immigrants, all we know is to survive. Yeah. Right. So we are constantly trying <clears throat> to prove ourselves and fight and fight and fight the good fight because we are a stereotype. This is why Mariela's mom was like, oh, they couldn't give you another part because in her mind, yeah, because you're the Latina girl, so you're going to be the maid because right. that's how high we can go. Mm -hmm. For yeah. Mariela, it was just the opportunity to be yeah. because you, know, you still have that innocence where I just want to be in the play. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, as we grow up, it's like, oh, but you want to put me in a box. Because right. I do remember when I I returned to New York in 98, that has, and I, I write a lot about that. It's that intersectionality. Um, when you come back home, because New York has always been my home, but then I have to check forms where I have to let people know if I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm your ethnicity right. and your race. Right. And for me has always been, but I always be Latina. Mm -hmm. What right. else would I be? Why do I have to tell you I'm just a woman? Right, yeah. It don't matter if I'm Indian or Asian or Latina, I'm, I'm a woman, that's what matters. So that is a shock. And then the, I think that also gives you that push that I'm gonna show you all the things that I could be. And I always have my mom and my ear, like you can be whatever you want, but you got to do the work. So right. I think that's, that's the key when you have, you got to do the work. Right. And that was going to be my next question. Who was the inspiration for you to continue on? Who do you, who did you look up to? Who did you look out and say, okay, this is what's driving me. I want to be like that. Or someone yeah. pushing you from behind and saying, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting though, because even like Wendy says, like with her mom, like I had um, my mom and dad as well. And I feel like it was interesting because my mom and dad motivated, you know, my siblings and I, because they had in their head what they wanted us to strive for. Right. And so the example from them was, I want you to work hard so you can get what I don't, what I never got. Right. But right. then at the same time, I was also lucky enough to be at a school and an after school programs. And then when I was in high school, I had, I was part of like a mentorship program. Then I had an internship. And so because of school and like succeeding at academics, I always had mentors that were kind of like this example or this like hashtag goals <laughs> yeah. of what I wanted to reach. So it was interesting because both of those things inspired me, but I think knowing your history and knowing where you come from, and then you couple that with good mentorship, I think is what made all the difference for, for my life. Yeah, no, that. That, that's a good point. I, I think mentorship it. is super important. Because right. even though I, I, you know, my mom was number one mentor, I also have mentors in school. I have had mentors at work, in my writing groups, um, in my arts community, people that push you because they see the your drive and your passion and the work that you do and they just keep pushing Listen, you. Wendy, let me tell you something. You just... Like my head's about to explode because <laughs> the first question you asked me was, am I a teacher? Do I teach workshops? And it never occurred to me, like I've never had the passion to teach, but in the midst of this conversation, now you're flipping something on me. And so now I'm going to have to reevaluate my own perspective of things. <laughs> why am I not mentoring people? If I have the knowledge, you know, to do it, why wouldn't I do it? Yeah. And it's you interesting know, and because 
sometimes that mentorship comes when people come to you and they relate to your story. Right. Like you're an actor, you are, <clears throat> and then when the play is finished, people come after the play to, you know, say hi to you yeah. and how you right. felt, mm -hmm. how you made them feel with your character. So that's right there, the spark of the mentor. Yeah. Connecting it's, with you. You yeah. never wake up like, oh, I want to be a mentor. It's that relationship, that relatability with the other human that you're like, oh, so what I'm doing, it's like, in a way, it's the validation of your work. Yeah. Right. That yeah. your work sparks something. Like for me, always, I want my work to spark change. I want to be an agent of change. That's my purpose. That's what I'm trying to do with the work that I do. Absolutely. And when you go and watch one of my shows or you're part of one of my the programs that I create, it it does something to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's let's actually let's get into that. So how do you guys know each other? Oh my gosh. From the, from the writing circle. <laughs> yeah, from the writing circle. Yeah. Yeah. From where? Yeah, we met at, a, at someone's um, event. At yeah, I event. feel like we we saw each other a couple of times at like, because I feel like with the New York City like writing scene and like the, you know, like the social justice arts scene, I feel like you keep hearing about certain people then you bump into them in, in, at events, right? And I remember we bumped into each other a few times, but then when we really got to know each other was at a writing class together. And then from there, we've been like this. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that. So let's yes. talk, Wendy, let's talk about your, your organization because you were, you were mentioning that before when you're putting on performances. What's the name of your organization? Wendy Angulo Productions. Okay. What, tell us about that. Well, I created Wendy Angulo Productions in 2013 when I started going around in the writing scene and the poetry scene, the New York Rican Poets Cafe, Capicu in Brooklyn. Uh, there were other shows in the Bronx and I'm from Queens. And I was only, I was always the only one from Queens, the only poet and writer. Like, when they were like, whoa, they're in the house. That's funny. And then like, she was Wendy. Right. So was like, when, when was this? Was this the 2000s? Like, what are we talking about? What time 2013. Like, 2013. 2013. Okay. All right. So I was From like, New Eureka, you should, have, you should have gone over one more avenue because that's where One Mike Knight was. Oh, we right. were on Avenue C, and I had poetry oh. at one like night. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, you know, I was like, oh, hell no. How is this possible when Queens is the melting pot? Yeah. Right. You have everything. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I was taking a writing class with the New York City Latina Writers Group. And I remember I went there just to check it out. Like I was just gonna be an audience member. And I remember, and I went to a workshop. It, it was like a meet, they had like monthly meetings mm -hmm. and I just went there just to check it out. So in my mind, I'm just gonna be an audience member and hear the writers share their story. But the founder had a different motive. She was like, oh no, you're coming here to write. And oh, I was wow. like, right? I was like, you know, mind you, all I have written is in my journal. Those are like personal stories. That's me and my journal only. So I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I have no choice. So 
she was giving prompts. So I started writing and then we had to share. So I'm listening to all these writers that they have been published already. Oh all Latinas, and I'm just in awe and I'm like, man, like, where am I gonna <laughs> and then I share my story and they were all like, oh, wow, you have a story to tell. Wow. That was the beginning of Wendy and Guru. Wow. Because then I signed up for a work, uh, an intensive workshop with her, and that's how my manuscript of my memoir was born. Wow. Look See what that. happens when we get past the fear? Yes. Look at that. Look at that. Yes. yes. I love and I that just story. Went there just to check it out, just to be, just to be like I always been an arts. Uh, you know, an arts lover. So I just wanted to be there just to hear their stories and relate to them as an audience member. I didn't want to be a part of the creation. Life had other plans. It sure yeah. did. It was already <laughs> so written. That's, that's when I create, you know, being around them and going, you know, I started going to events. So there was no people from Queens and I was like, no, this has to change. And I have so many ideas. And that's when I came up with the idea of Canvas of Words. That was my first event. And I did it in Queens and it was a sold out show. I brought- um, like, what, is, what is Canvas of Words? Canvas of Words <clears throat> is a collaboration of distinguished artists and emerging writers. Because then again, the mentorship came up. So I had this idea that I was like, all right, we're gonna have a theme. I'm gonna give these artists a theme because I was gonna, I, my job is the creator and producer. So I was like, well, we're going to write because they had to write new work. And I was going to pair them with emerging writers. And this was at the first one was all poetry and mm. they had to perform the poetry. But then I wanted to add like a visual component. So I did painting for the first installment. I did painting. So I hired three emerging uh painters that that were coming up from different boroughs we met the writers and they sh the writers shared their, their poems and they had to create a painting from that poem oh wow, oh, wow. it had to be translated yeah. into a painting and we were going to have an exhibition and then the performance and that's what we did and i i you know at, at that time I, I a friend of mine the mom was um a uh, member of a church so they had like a stage and I rented the stage and it was huge and we had 200 people wow and, look at and that. that and that's what they, the the whole social media was just picking up Facebook and I remember because of all the experience that I have had as an audience member I said well but I need a promo video for this so I hired one of the poets advocate of words he's also a videographer so he created a what? video i know him a video. I was like, you, know that you know what i'm saying he performed <laughs> at one mic night where were you uh, yes where were you mariella where he were was you at guys? the new weekend i was probably in dr <laughs> <laughs> so we did a promo video and then i started doing those little promos that instagram does now with the bio and the picture yeah. i did that at that time <laughs> so he was like you know, people were not used to that. And, you know, it just sparked an interest. And I had people that had never 
seeing poetry being performed because you know a lot of people think always of poetry like a love poem yeah mm -hmm. and roses are red and violets are blue and i'm like yeah. no poetry is yeah. more and the, this the, the poetry of dead white men right <laughs> yes, exactly right. And these were poems that had to do with our stories mm-hmm Growing up in New York, growing up in the Bronx, being Puerto Rican, being Dominican, being Afro-Latino. Yeah. <laughs> so the audience was able to relate. And the show was a five-hour show. And I kid you not, wow. no left. From beginning Amazing. to end, I had 200 people. That's beautiful. Shout out to Los Gritos de Poetas. Who, yes. Yeah, yes. they featured at One Mike Night so many times, and I cannot repay them i have no way to repay them for what they did yeah, yeah. was the host of that of that first um canvas of words wow. and was there too performing tito luna was there too performing he's part of that the promo video too that's, that's amazing that is mariella you 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 yeah. do a little something too now, you have you you help with uh, I, do, I do a little something, a little you, know? something. <laughs> you know I know you do a little something but you have a you work with an organization that uh, helps out in the Dominican Republic in DR right yeah so um it, it all comes down to like uh that it takes a village right like we talk about village and absolutely like that, that community aspect all the time and and I truly do believe in that and I think that you know everything happens for a reason like there are so many full circle moments and I think that'll only happen like if you're in alignment, right? I, I think if you're in alignment and you know your purpose and you're following it through and like you're surrendering to what the universe has for you, I really feel like those full circle moments are so easy to pick up on. Um, I'm, I'm going to cut you off for one second. Yeah, go because ahead, Because what you just said, people say that all the time, but mm -hmm. it is 100% true. 100% yeah. true. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how you know. Um, and like, you know, we, we talk about Mercury retrograde all the time. And I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, I don't suffer during the retrogrades because I'm in alignment, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was interesting because I, I was doing my college and career, um, like counseling and, and all that stuff. And I, I loved my job. And I think one of the best things is that other people saw how much I love my job too. And I was given like different awards and stuff. And um, a lot of my students were, would always come out on the news and it was just beautiful to see that, you know, more and more people were, were um, seeing a student from the Bronx who like came here in middle school, didn't speak English. And then now he's going to Columbia University, right? right. A student who's like in a wheelchair, mom died, lives in a shelter. And now like she graduated from NYU, right? So it was like all these different stories, right? And I remember again, like that social justice part, I remember I told the, the students, I was like, remember why they're prancing you around? I was like, yes, you absolutely flex, brag, you deserve the attention. Right. But remember what they're really like celebrating you for, right? They're celebrating you because you're the one that managed to like break that system, right? They're celebrating the fact that you know, someone like us, someone like you wasn't supposed to be there, but you guys got there, right? And essentially that's what we do, right? When we create like poster childs and for different things, essentially what we're telling them is you broke into a system, you found a way to become that one person to get there. And then I, um, when they would tell me like, oh, miss, like I, I can never pay you back. And I was like, yeah, you can, because what I want you to do is to make sure that you're the only one there now, but next year there's two more. 
the following there's five more and that one day we're gonna look back and it's not gonna be celebrated anymore because it's already like you know the standard and then at the same time i'm over here like i'm taking writing classes vona new york city latina writers group like all these different classes um and then i ended up doing a one woman show and it was called dear future which is pretty funny because fast forward like 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of living that future, right? Oh, wow. Um, so I did a one-woman show, like, through all the different intensives and writing classes that I took. And it was called Dear Future. And my, the original plan was for it to be showcased at a theater um, in Harlem, along with um, a couple other one-person uh, one uh, plays. And again, the universe, right, will always have your back because that ended up falling through and I was no longer able to do my play in that festival. But then a friend of mine, um, Modesto Flaco Jimenez, who um, at that time it was called the Brooklyn Gypsies. Now it's called the Oye Group, which is a, like insane what they've been able to do and like how they keep evolving year after year. He gave me the opportunity to perform at Spaceworks in, the, in, um, in Williamsburg. And then I performed at the Bushwick Star Theater. And then it just like kept going and going and going and going. And then I was able to walk away from that feeling like so fulfilled that not only did I create this screenplay from poems, but that I also learned technique and I practiced my ass off. And, you know, I was able to, you know, do this play and like market it myself and, you know, direct it myself and act in it myself. And then after that, I just took the biggest break from art because I think when you accomplish projects like that, you have to give yourself like time to kind of, yeah. you know, to recharge. Yeah. yeah. In every way. Exactly. Every and way. then I, yeah. now, you know, somebody get interested. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we got a couple things that you're like, okay, I okay. You know, <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> I like that. So now I want to touch on a couple of things real quick, because I think I'm running out of time here. I don't know why, but um, you won a City Corps artist grant. Yes, she did. Yeah. And that's how I found you. So yes. tell us a little bit about the project and how you, how you, you know. Well, you know, Canvas of Words has been like <clears throat> my baby and I have done different installments, like I told you. And but then I took a break. <laughs> I did four installments, then I did a New York City tour, uh, all the boroughs, and then, like Mariela said, I took a break, and then I focused on creating programming, on being the arts advocate. But people kept asking, when are you bringing Canvas Awards? And I have to say, Mariela was a pusher. When are you bringing Canvas? So every time there was an opportunity, um, because Mariela is very resourceful and that has been our friendship. Like we always find opportunities for one another. And, um, and we share each other up like apply, apply, apply. And so she found this and she was like, you need to apply. I think this will be a great opportunity to bring Canvas of Words because when I create a Canvas of Words, I envision it to be an arts program for kids in our communities because we don't have that we don't those arts programs have been removed and because i have been a child who benefited from that and so has been mariela 
this is my way to pay it forward. And because I have also inflicted that on my own son, who's 18 now, but he was always around my shows and he performed at my shows and he has been part of like uh, the production side. So I, I have seen firsthand with myself and then with my son, the impact that art has in your life. So I wouldn't, I wanted to bring that back. And that's when we created, we were in the middle of a pandemic. And I said to Mariela, well, let's do a Les Perot with a school. And then, you know, I'm very blessed to have incredible friends that they they never say no and they always happy. So I paired with a friend that knew somebody at, at a school in Queens. And I wanted the kids to write their pandemic stories because I knew by hand, because at that time when the pandemic happened, my son was about to graduate high school. And we have a project that we have created called Operation Gratitude, uh, where we started that in, it was also with Mariela, where we uh, sponsor families on Thanksgiving and we buy all their groceries. Mm-hmm. families in need in our communities so mm-hmm. the first year i was only able to sponsor one family you one know, of my students and it was wow. one of my students <laughs> and then you know i always pray for the project you know for god to give me enough blessing enough as share for me to help more than one so as the project has been happening. It went from one family to three to four. And during the pandemic, we went, I paired with a good friend's organization, Growth Society, and we went live and we fed over 200 families mm-hmm. in that year. I and love that. that's when I that's knew incredible. firsthand how our communities were suffering. Mm-hmm. Because remember, with the immigrants, uh, you know, a lot of my son's friends, the parents were working at the bodega and the supermarket. They were not able to file for unemployment, but the bills were coming. Right. And food was running. And there were no computers. And they had no outlet to express that. So that's how Canvas Award, the pandemic story. So we fill out the application. And I was awarded the grant. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> on that. <clears throat> Thank you. So we yeah. paired up with a school in Queens and the kids wrote, I paired them with two teaching artists and they wrote um, short stories, poems, songs, and they perform. And then, you know, we, we picked three winners and they receive a cash gift. And we also provided them with lunch that day. And um, now, we put the, now we're putting together the stories as a digital anthology for them to have them. Look at you. Look at you. Wow. This, this is exactly what... Now, you guys have a podcast called The Trailblazer, the podcast. And yes. that's exactly what both of you are doing. <laughs> I First of all, like I have so much to talk to you guys about, but unfortunately, I'm out of time. But... I want to have you back. Please, please tell us how we can get in touch with you. How can we follow you? How can we help you? <laughs> well, um, you can follow me at Wendy Angulo Productions is my website. My personal 
IG is mujer under the underscore de underscore calidad, mujer de calidad. Um, and we have an IG for the podcast, Trey Blazers, the podcast. And right now we're in pre-production of season three. Yes. Love it. I love it. And Mariela. my straight through it's my name Mariela and then Regal because they never let me put my entire <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we could do part two over on, on the trailblazer side I would love right? that I was going to say I know you're empowering women but I, I'll be there to flip it around and help keep empowering you yeah you know what no, I mean absolutely. But I, would, I would love that I would love that thank you for having us I want to thank you both for coming yeah. Thank this you. was like an, another like thing for us to be like, yes, you know, we're working yeah. on the podcast. And this is like another push for us. Yeah. yeah. Listen, this might be our side. The, the, the three right here might be a little yeah. side podcast that we can do. Let's go on the road. This is the new <laughs> club right here. <laughs> Everybody, please, please, please make sure you follow these two. Help them. I, you know, I don't even know what else to say, but you can follow be them. Inspired. Be inspired. Share the knowledge. Yes. Definitely follow the podcast for season three. This is my first two-person interview and talk and fellow podcasters too. This is my first one with another podcaster. So follow them at uh, Trailblazers, the podcast. You can follow her at Mujer de Calidad and Mariela Regal. Yep. That's <laughs> it on IG. Make sure you do that. You can follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Follow the show, join the artist community on the Facebook page. That is One Mike Night, One Mike Night Everything. One Mike Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Thank you all for joining me for this episode. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>